Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. As you sit there today, you're wondering, what name tag does he have on? I'm glad you ask. This is my elf name. One of the children came up and gave it to me. My elf name is Jolly Twinkle Toes. I don't feel like Jolly Twinkle Toes, but I'm going with it today because it's my elf name. And when a kid comes up about this tall and says, hey, put your name tag on. This is your elf name. You know what you do? You put your name tag on. That's what you do. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Um, we are, I love today's message and I love what we're going to be doing today. We're doing some really cool stuff today and I'm really excited about it. Listen, we're in the Advent season and the Advent, I want to remind you, the Advent, the word Advent means the coming or arrival um, and it, it means that, that it's the season, it's traditionally a time of ex- expectation waiting, anticipation, and longing. Advent is something, it's, it's, a, it's a time when you're waiting for something to occur. And for us as believers, we are waiting for the birth of Christ to occur. Now I want to say something, and, and most of the time every year someone asks me, what do these candles actually mean? Why is there one white one in the middle? Why is there a pink one? Why are these purple? And I want to tell you real quick, the purple candles, they represent more of a reflection time, a a prayer time, a, uh, when you're um, just, just really um, contemplating that which Christ has done. And it's, it's a time of, of reflection. However, and the white one, of course, in the middle uh, represents Jesus Christ that so will light on Christmas Eve. But the pink candle, it marks a turning point. And the pink candle is for joy, right? Of course, it's pink. Boom, joy. That's what it's for. It's for Joy. It's interesting because when we traveled out west last summer, we traveled out west actually a, a year ago in 2021. Um, Wendy and I, we did a road trip, and I love road trips, and we did a road trip. Who knows, we may even do another one soon, but we traveled out west. And so I, I had never been out west, I had never been past Texas, and I kept looking, you know, and really even east Texas, really Dallas is the farthest I've been, and I kept looking for. Um, what I had thought in my mind out west would look like. I kept thinking, man, what is this going to look like? And so as we would drive uh, down 40, we actually followed Route 66, which is so cool if you've never done that. Just go do it, gosh. Just go do it. It's so awesome. Um, But I even stood on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. All right, I did that. It was so cool. And there was a flatbed Ford. it, there really is a flatbed Ford on the corner of Winslow, Arizona, right there. There's statues. It's really cool. Um, but um, um, we're driving out, and I, I kept having this anticipation of, okay, winter, winter is it going to be? Because we were in Albuquerque, and we went hiking in Albuquerque, by the way, um, a six-mile hike in Albuquerque. Uh, 
real dumb to go on a six-mile hike in Albuquerque because uh, we hiked through, it was up this basically what appeared to be a hill. I would call it a small mountain, but it appeared to be, Wendy said it was a hill. She lied. She's not here today, so we can talk about her. Um, but uh, literally, I, I went up this hike, and it wasn't marked very well. It really wasn't. And so we were lost the whole time. And so I think the six mile ended up being about 10 or 12, but we got back to the car and I never wanted to see Albuquerque again. And so we drove out of Albuquerque and I kept waiting. When is this going to happen? What's going to happen? When is this going to happen? And finally, we, and I'll never forget it. We went down this big hill and we came up on this hill. And when we came over the hill, the scenery was incredible. It was all of this red rock and all of these sceneries. And if you've never done, been down 40, I'm telling you guys, it is absolutely, it, you literally cannot explain the beauty of God's creation as, you went, as we went down this hill. And for me, in the trip, that marked a turning point. For me, from that point until we drove all the way out to Las Vegas and all the way up and all the way through Utah and then all in all the way through Colorado and then came back through Kansas and then all that way. It was a turning point, though, for me because I was like, wow. And it was kind of breathtaking to me. The same thing happened when we went to the Grand Canyon. <clears throat> we, uh, we stayed in Williams, Arizona, which is a beautiful town with a great name. We stayed in Williams, Arizona, and we... We went to the Grand Canyon. We got up super early and went to the Grand Canyon. And we got on the bus. I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but we got on the bus. And I had never seen the Grand Canyon. Old uh, Jolly Twinkle Toes had never seen the Grand Canyon. So um, I, got on the, I got on the bus. And I mean, and I literally didn't walk up to look. And I couldn't see because we were like down a hill. And they were driving around. And all of a sudden, there's a curve. And in the curve... If you look out to the left, it's the majesty of the Grand Canyon. And if you've never seen it, you can't explain it. You can't explain it. You really can't. It's like traveling up to Maine and seeing all the lighthouses in Maine. You can see a picture of it. But if you've never seen it, you can't explain it. The pictures, I've never been to a place in, in the Grand Canyon and Arizona and all those places in Utah. They were much more beautiful than the photos. And Maine is the same way. But it was a turning point for me when we turned that corner. And it was interesting because everybody on the bus was like, <gasps> and I, we, I mean, it was that's everybody just kind of took your breath away. And we got to explore all of those areas. And for me, it was a turning point, though, right there when I crossed that hill. And I want you to know something. That's what today is in the Advent season. It's a turning point. It's a turning point. It's a point where there's there's these these anticipation and anticipation and anticipation. And all of a sudden, this pink candle, this joy turns. And from now until, until Christmas Eve, it's, it's going to be a sprint to get there. It's a turning point. It's interesting when you look at the scriptures on what joy is. We've talked about hope. We talked about peace. And today we're going to talk about joy. And I want to tell you a little bit about joy. I want to tell you a little bit about joy versus happiness. A lot of people think joy and happiness are synonymous. They are not. I want you to make sure you know that. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Let me explain to you what the difference is between joy and happiness. Well, happiness is external. Are you with me? Happiness is external. It's external. Joy is internal. 
Happiness is, is, you know, you being happy on your face and the situations and all those things. Joy is a deep in, in, in internal. As a matter of fact, happiness is an emotion. It's an emotion just like anger or frustration on and on. It's an emotion that God has given us. But joy is actually a state of being. I want you to get that. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. And happiness is an emotion. And joy is a state of of being. Now here's the question I'm always asked. Does God want us to be happy or joyful? And most people would answer that because they've heard this in Sunday school and they're a good Christian is, does God want us to be happy or joyful? Well, and I've even heard people say, God doesn't care about your happiness. He cares about your joy. And to that I say, bull, God cares about both. Just like you care about your kids' happiness and joy. You do. And God cares about your happiness and joy as well. He wants you to be happy on the outside, but he wants it to flow from the joy that's on the inside. He's concerned about both. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. There's a scenario that plays out here where... Where and it's a fascinating, fascinating scenario where we see this. It's just really a cool, a cool thing. Let me read it to you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, let me say something to you. The, the marriage would have been a betrothment, and that betrothment would have been a year-long period. And so they would make a commitment, hey, we're going to be married, and they'd have a year-long commitment. And oftentimes, oftentimes the, the, the lady would even move into the home where she's going to be staying because they would begin to do construction on that part of the home so that she could be there. So it wasn't like that Joseph gave her a ring and said, all right, you know, see you later, you know, and made it Facebook official. That's not what happened. Are you with me? That's not what happened. So it was an official thing. As a matter of fact, it was like a year period where it was almost like a season where they were already married. It was just a betrothment and they had actually officially had the ceremony. All right. And they hadn't consummated the marriage. And so she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, that's interesting. Why would they put that in there? Well, the reason they would put that in there, because that was what the prophet foretold, that the king would come from the line, from the line of David. It said, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. If Gabriel appeared to me and said, greetings, favored man, the Lord is with you, I would probably pick myself off the floor. It would have scared me to death and it scared her to death too because how do we know that? It says this, it says confused and disturbed. That's a good rock band name, isn't it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, confused and disturbed. Coming at you, you know what I mean? Confused and disturbed and that's exactly what I would have been. It said Mary tried to think that the angel could mean, don't be afraid Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Then the Lord replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he 
will be called the son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived the son and is now in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. And this is one of my favorite verses. I absolutely love this. And I wish, I wish that I could respond to God the way Mary responds to God here. I wish I could do this every time he has something for me. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And it said, and then the angel left her. In that society, of course, you know, in that society, this would have been very scandalous. As a matter of fact, we see in other episodes where Joseph was going to, was going to divorce her quietly, is what it said. And the angel appeared to him as well. And we see that there was had to be turmoil. Yet in the end, what occurred, and by the way, Mary was probably only 13 or 14 years old, just to let you know that, maybe 15 max, but she was very, very young. She was probably a new teenager. But the long-awaited time had come, and so Mary, Mary, in the end, even though she feared, even though she was confused, even though she was disturbed, in the end, the final verse, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, may everything you have said about me come true. I want to tell you something about joy today. And here's the first thing I want you to know that joy is trusting when you have doubt. I want you to hear that joy is trusting when you have doubt. Has anyone ever told you something that seemed too good to be true? Anyone ever told you something that you're like, man, I just don't know if that can be true. Is that really something that legitimately is True. Mary was in that situation now. Mary had had Gabriel come to her and he had told her, listen, I want you to know something. This is what's going to occur. And she doubted and she was fearful. Listen, she had to be scorned. I'll guarantee you she was scorned. She was, she was, there was a lot of things that happened in her social life. She would have been torn up on social media. Man, they'd have TikToked about her. They'd have, they'd have put Instagram on her. They'd have done all that kind of stuff. It'd have been a hot mess. It really would. Yet she still stayed faithful. And I want you to know something. We know that joy produces, things produce joy when you trust God on a deeper level. Luke 1, 40, and we're not going to read all of it, but Luke 1, 46 through 56 says this. She's found these things out. All right. She's found these things out. She's believed and she has, she's went to visit Elizabeth and you know, the baby kicked inside and Elizabeth has confirmed. And then overwhelming, Mary sings a song of praise to God. A song of praise that doesn't come from the exterior. It's not happiness. A song of praise that comes from joy on the inside. And the joy has come because she has trusted God. And here's what it says. Here's what it says. Starting in verse 46. Mary responded... Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. I want you to see something here. This response came from verse 38. Are you with me? This is verse 46, but the response came from verse 38. See, it was her decision to trust whatever God would have her do that responded, that that happened to be in this. So Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant in verse 38. May everything you've said about me come true. And because of that trust, 
Verse 46 and 7 says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he first took notice of me, his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows me mercy from generation to generation. I want you to remember, she is still in the midst. She's still in the midst of this. Guys, how many times if your wife came to you and said, hey, I just want to let you know something. Or if you're if you're a fiance came to you and said, hey, I want to let you know something, you know, never been with anybody else, but I'm pregnant. Let's get married. You'd be like, no. We're not doing that. Who was you with? What's his name? I'm gonna go beat him up. So she was still in the midst of this turmoil relationally with all these different people. She had to explain it to all these people. Yet, because of verse 38, because she trusted, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud in the haughty eyes. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich Away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham, to, for his children forever. And it says Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three more months and went back to her own town. So you see that and we'll stop there. There is great joy to be had when we trust God. How do you trust God? How do you trust? Well, Psalm 34, 8 says this. Psalm 34, 8 says this. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to leave that up there for a second. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, let me say something to you. Unbeknownst to my shape, I'm kind of a picky eater a little bit. All right. I know it shocks you, but I am. OK, I am a little bit. And whenever I first met Wendy, I had never eaten a salad in my life. I was 23 and never eaten a salad in my life. Ever. I thought lettuce is what you put on a hamburger. That's what I thought. And so Wendy, through the years, has helped me be a little. Whenever I, I said, hey, she says, because Wendy will eat. Anybody knows Wendy? She eats everything. It doesn't matter. I mean, I've been with Wendy where she's eating an ostrich. I kid you not. Eel. Wendy ate raw eel on a cucumber. And guess what it was called? Cucumber eel. They weren't really original in the name, but I don't do that. I don't do that. And Wendy and I said, I love Chinese food. And when we got to the restaurant, she said, you don't love Chinese food. You love fried rice and chicken. You like it's basically you like chicken nuggets dipped in red sauce. That's what you like. And I said, we're at a, That's right. We're at a China. What's wrong with that? What are you judging for? So. And I said, can I can I trade the rice for the fries anyway? But but so but since that time. You know, she has taken me through a process to where I'm not as picky as I used to be. And I actually like Chinese food. That's not chicken nuggets. All right. I do. I really do. Because why? Well, I had to taste and see that it was good. I had to actually I had to actually say, OK, I will try it. And when I tried it, I realized, hey, this is actually pretty good. Now, there's a few things I spit out, but for the most part, it's pretty good. I want to tell you something about your life with Christ and about your walk with Christ. There has to be times in your life to where you unabandonedly trust him. And it's scary, but you have to taste and see that he is good. And you have to go through the process of tasting and seeing. You have to go through the process of experiencing that 
And in the end, the greatest joy you can have is living on earth knowing that not only is your, your life here on earth, not only is your life here on earth taken care of, but your eternal life is taken care of as well. And trusting God in that way is what produces joy in the believer. Are you with me? It produces joy in the believer. But here's the thing, you guys. You have to choose joy. You do. You have to choose joy. I know that sounds odd. I know it sounds weird to say, well, you have to choose joy. You do. You have to choose. It's a choice for you. I've told you guys the story uh, several times about, and I love this story because it's, it's a lady that was getting ready to go into a nursing home and her family was really concerned that she wasn't going to like it. And so she, uh, she walked in, she was walking in from the parking lot and there was a representative from the nursing home that had met her and said, Hey, come on in. And she says, I love it. 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 And he was like, well, ma'am, you're not even inside yet. Come on into the foyer. She walked in. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love everything about it. I love it. I love it. He said, well, ma'am, you hadn't even seen the cafeteria. Walked to the cafeteria. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's absolutely awesome. I absolutely love it. And then she was like, well, wait a minute. So you, you, you okay, um, what about your room? Let's, let's see your room. And before she ever got to your room, I love my room. I love it. I love it. He said, well, you're not there yet. And she walked in. I love it. I love it. And he was like, ma'am, you've been saying you love it the whole time. What's the situation? She looked at him and said, listen, I chose, that I, lo- I chose before I ever got here that I was going to love it. My decision was made. That was it. Because I know that if my attitude is lined up and that if my mind is made up that I'm going to love it, I know that I have to choose that because this is where God has me right now. And the same is true for you. And die. Do you guys know something? And I had no idea about this. That you have to choose joy. Did you guys know that when you smile, and I researched this, so y'all should be really impressed. Do y'all know that when you smile like this, if you fake, you know how people fake smile? You know what I mean? You fake smile? I do that sometimes with some of y'all. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? No, I really don't. I really don't. I may a couple of you, but not, not, not you. Not you. They're not here today. Um, but do you know when you fake smile, and this is crazy, do you know when you fake smile that, that your, your, your brain releases the same chemical as you were if you were really smiling? Do you know your body can't tell the difference? Did you know that? Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy how our brain and body works together? Listen, can I tell you something? Joy is a mindset. It is. It's an internal mindset. How do you choose joy? Well, you've got to start your day with being thankful. You do. You got to stop. I told you guys this a few weeks back. You got to stop with peace. Last week, you have to stop and take a time to be silent and be thankful. And as you're doing that, the second thing is you have to submit your day over to God and let him plan it for you. And then you have to look for things throughout the day where God is speaking to you. Those things bring joy. It's amazing to me because um, you guys know what doesn't bring joy. Y'all know what doesn't bring joy? Let me tell you what doesn't bring joy. This is, these are all research things. Nicer homes do not bring joy. More gifts at Christmas do not bring joy. New cars do not bring joy. Better jobs do not bring joy. More money do not bring joy. 
Every time I say that and every time I read that and when I was studying this week, uh, y'all know that song, but it buy me a boat, a truck to pull it. What's that song? Money can't buy everything, but it can buy me a boat. I know. I was like, well, Lord, it can at least buy me a boat. Yeah, but you're not going to be happy. Um, seriously, you're not going to be joyful. More money does not bring long-term happiness. None of those do. In fact, you guys already know this. People that win the lottery after one year reveal they have more stress, less joy, and they wish they had never won it to begin with. It doesn't. What in the world do you think would bring long-term joy in your life? It's one word. Relationships. Relationships with God. Relationships with people. Relationships with your family. Relationships with your friends. Relationships bring long-term joy because that's how God made us to be. Deep relationships bring about contentment in your life and deep relationships bring about joy in your life. And that deep relationship starts with a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. The final thing I want to tell you is this. Our joy should be an example for other people. I want to tell you about the church that I went to when I was growing up. I, I didn't start going to church until I was like 16 years old. I've told you guys that story. I was 16. And uh, to be honest with you, it was a nice little church, but there were some grumpy gills there. You know what I mean? There were. My, 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 there were some whiny heinies there. There really was. Grumpy gills, you know. I, I, remember, I remember one time I was like, gosh, these people look so depressed. Why would I want to do all this? <laughs> you know what I mean? You walk into some places, and especially in churches sometimes, and everybody seems kind of uptight. Are you with me? And it's like, gosh, man, you don't even look happy to be here. You don't, you don't I mean, if, if, if you, you're saved, you know, somebody needs to tell your face. Are you with me? We're supposed to be joyful people. We're supposed to be joyful people. We're supposed to be people. We're not supposed to be people that pretend like things, we don't have problems. Or pretend like we don't have issues. Or pretend like we don't have, I mean, we're not supposed to be that. What we are supposed to be is, is we're supposed to be people that go through life. And because we trust in God, and because we're choosing, we're choosing that, because we're doing that, that joy is the product of that choice. And joy is the product of that. Y'all, we have the best news in the world. Mary was a teen. She was pregnant. She was engaged. Yet she chose trust and she chose joy. I want to show you something briefly, and I've got something really cool. We got something really cool for you. I want to show you something. I've got pictures of a time when I was very joyous. You see that? I would say, I would say that those two, in addition to my wedding, those total, those three. Um, were, uh, were some of the times I was most joyous in my life. All right, most joyous in my life. The, the one with the uh, yellow shirt, that is the day that Blake was born. That's the day Blake was born. It was July 26, 2002. And I was so joyous there. Uh, I was so joyous because he was redheaded and I always wanted a redheaded boy. I've since reconsidered that, but at that time, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I wanted a redheaded boy, and uh, that was so joyous for me. And I'm sure uh, if you've had children that you, you have the same, the same joy. But the second one is just as important to me as the first. And the second one is the day that we adopted Bailey right there in the middle. That's my brothers and my mom and the judge there and Wendy and I and Blake and Bailey. And that day for me, that's October 4th, 2007. And that day for me is marked, it's marked with joy. It's a joyous time. 
You know what I mean? When new life comes forth or when new beginnings happen, when adoptions happen, when birth happens, those things are to be joyous times. And so today what we thought, and I've been telling you guys this all year. I've been telling you this and I want to tell you it to you again. You can't, as a church, listen, we can't stand up and proclaim that we're pro-life unless we're willing to put feet and finances to that. We can't do that. We can't be hypocritical and say, yes, I'm pro-life, but we don't take care of the widow and the orphan. We can't say that we're pro-life, but we don't take care of these, these single, single moms. If we don't do anything else here at the church well, we do well with taking care of widows, orphans, and single moms. We really do. We do a good job with that, and we're going to keep doing a good job with that. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God of joy. Thank you that you're a God of hope. Thank you that you're a God of peace. And God, as we continually look to you, may we be people that trust you. We trust you. And out of tasting and seeing that you are good as we trust you, Lord, may we experience an overwhelming, deep-seated joy. A deep-seated joy. That's what we want, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to rediscover hope. And I want that hope to be eternal. And I want it to be internal. I want you to rediscover a peace that surpasses all understanding. And today I want you to rediscover that joy. Because that's what Christ came for. Let's stand up and let's sing a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.